You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. everyone. We hope your Employment Rights Week has been positive as we near the start of the summer, which seems to last for moments rather than weeks these days. So last week we spoke about your right to have someone with you in a formal meeting and that right being covered under Section 10 of the Employment Rights Act 1999. This week, In part two of this mini-series, we want to talk about how the arrangements for the meeting should be made. Part three of our series will look at what your companion, the person that comes with you into the meeting, what they should do for you in the formal meeting. We've put this episode back one week because we had an inquiry from a listener who was facing problems about getting a colleague into the meeting with him. We received a question from an employee who was informed about a disciplinary hearing set for a particular day and time, which his colleague could not make because his colleague was on mandatory training. And when the employee, who we'll call James, when James contacted his managers to tell his managers that his colleague was not able to make that meeting date, James was told that the meeting would go ahead with or without him or his colleague and that he was expected to be at the meeting. James was not familiar with his employment rights on this particular point and felt understandably anxious about what might happen if he didn't turn up for the meeting. So he decided to go to the meeting alone. James was given a verbal warning at that meeting, which he was told would stay on his record for 12 months. So a pretty substantial warning. James then happened to hear someone talking about this podcast at work and in particular last week's episode about his right to have someone with him at a formal meeting, which you'll remember is called the right to be accompanied. James said he then listened to the podcast episode and then got in touch for support. And because we can, we changed the order of the podcasts to answer James's question. And we gave James a copy of this particular episode for his reference, which we supported James to then use to lodge an appeal against the warning he received. James's appeal meeting is in a few days time at the time when this podcast is published and we'll hopefully get the information in time to add an update to the next episode of the podcast. So in James's case, the way the issue started was that someone made a complaint about a mistake that they believed James had made at work, about which it was said the mistake exposed the employer to reputational risk with a high rolling customer. That's a customer that spends a lot of money with the company. James's employer then conducted a fact-finding meeting with James, which James attended alone. And we spoke about those types of meetings in the last episode. 
So at that meeting, James's boss told him that if the company was going to take the matter further, James would have to attend a disciplinary meeting and he would be able to bring a colleague or a trade union representative with him to that meeting. So after the fact-finding meeting, James asked one of his colleagues if he would be able to help James by coming to the next meeting with him because James was not a member of any trade union. James's colleague said he would help and asked James to tell him the date and time of the next meeting. The next thing that happened is that when the company finished the investigation, James received a letter telling him to attend a disciplinary hearing to answer to misconduct allegations James's boss wanted to put to him. The letter said that the meeting was set for a particular date and time, which, as we now know, James's colleague was unable to attend. So James, feeling anxious, felt that he had to go to the meeting alone because in his mind it would be much worse if he just didn't turn up. So he went to the meeting and he was disciplined at that meeting and received a 12-month verbal warning. Now, what James didn't know is that Section 10 of the Employment Rights Act also states very clearly that if your chosen companion is not available to attend a formal meeting at the date and time proposed by your employer, the worker is able to suggest another date and another time that is reasonable and which falls within five working days of the original date and time. Once the worker has done this, the disciplinary or grievance hearing must, not may, must be postponed to the new date and time proposed by the worker. So James knew none of this. And that's not all. In a recent 2018 Employment Appeals Tribunal case called Smith v. Talon Engineering Limited, the tribunal ruled that it can really affect the fairness of a hearing and any sanction meaning punishment, that is given to the worker, which, in the case of Smith versus Talon, was a dismissal, and the experience of the worker can really be affected if the employer refuses a reasonable request for a worker to be accompanied at a formal meeting. So, in Smith versus Talon, Mrs Smith worked for a motorcycle manufacturer called Talon Engineering Limited. Now, Mrs Smith sent an email to a company that Talon dealt with. And in that email, Mrs Smith called one of her colleagues an unpleasant name. And the company reported the matter back to Talon. Following an investigation into her conduct, Mrs Smith was called to a disciplinary meeting, but her union representative was not available on the given date. Mrs Smith suggested several alternative dates that her union rep could attend, the first of those dates being two weeks later. However, Mrs Smith's employer, Talon, well, they were not willing to delay the hearing to wait for Mrs Smith's representative. And so the meeting went ahead in Mrs Smith's absence because Mrs Smith did not want to attend the meeting alone. At the hearing, Mrs Smith was found to have committed a gross misconduct act and was dismissed. 
Mrs Smith knew her right to be accompanied and felt that that right had been breached and she appealed against the dismissal and the breach of her right to be accompanied. Talon then rejected Mrs Smith's appeal. So Mrs Smith then brought a claim in the Employment Tribunal for unfair dismissal. The case was heard in 2018 and the tribunal found that although Talon had a potentially fair reason for dismissing Mrs Smith because of her conduct. Remember, Mrs Smith had sent an email to a customer in which she called a colleague a derogatory name. And the tribunal said, yeah, you had a fair reason for dismissing her. However, the tribunal concluded that no reasonable employer would have refused a further short postponement of the disciplinary hearing if it meant going ahead with the hearing would mean that the worker couldn't attend. The tribunal also said that the further delay to the hearing of two weeks, which would have ensured Mrs Smith's attendance and granted her the opportunity to be accompanied and to respond to the allegations against her, well, that two-week delay was reasonable because the delay would have been a short delay. So the tribunal found that Talon had unfairly dismissed Mrs Smith. Talon then appealed the finding of unfair dismissal made against the company by the Employment Tribunal and they took their appeal to the Employment Appeals Tribunal called the EAT. However, the EAT upheld the finding of unfair dismissal made at the lower tribunal. The EAT also considered the right to be accompanied under Section 10 of the Employment Rights Act. And remember, that right says that the employer must postpone the hearing to allow the employee's chosen companion to attend if the proposed alternative is within five working days. Well, the EAT had to look at this because Talon argued that the lower employment tribunal had been unfair to accept a postponement of 10 working days rather than 5 working days. And Talon felt that they were right not to accept a 10 working day postponement. What the Employment Appeals Tribunal said is that Talon was right about the five working days principle. But Talon also had to be mindful that the employer was dealing with a very serious matter of the employee potentially losing her job. And that being the case, it was unreasonable of Talon not to postpone the hearing for 10 days to allow Mrs Smith the opportunity to attend her hearing with her representative to put her case and potentially save her job. And the tribunal found that Talon had been wrong not to accept Mrs Smith's reasonable request for the postponement when all the circumstances were considered. And that's the key point. Although you can postpone a hearing for five working days, an employer must look at all of the circumstances when considering a postponement, particularly 
if the employee or the worker is facing serious allegations. And that's it for this week. The takeaways for this week are that if you are asked to attend a formal meeting at work, you have the right to be accompanied by a colleague or a trade union representative. And you also have the right to ask for a postponement of the meeting for at least five working days to allow time for your colleague or representative to attend that formal meeting. But more importantly, if the allegations you are facing are serious, there is an expectation that your employer will allow any reasonable request from you to delay that meeting to allow you to be accompanied. We'll put a link to the Employment Tribunal case if you want to read it. As usual, we welcome your comments and questions and we would love it if you would like, share and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing and so we can help more people like James. Finally, you can find all our support and help information at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast episode. Just go to the notes and hit the see more button and all our support links will show up on the page. Until next week, have a great Employment Rights Week. Bye for now. <laughs>